a lot of these rooms we walk through, these doors we get to go, I'm the only Asian person in the room. And what if that marketing person or what if this other person in the room, they only had a stereotype image of an Asian person before. I get to change that simply by being in the same room. And I think like that kind of diversity is so important to keep moving us forward. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. On this episode, I speak with Leo Chan, who is a men's style and travel influencer based in New York City. He started Levitate Style with his girlfriend, Alicia, in 2014 to share their passion in fashion, travel, and photography. They quit their full-time jobs four years later to travel the world for five months on the World Cruise Brand Ambassador Project. Leo has also been featured in GQ, Forbes, Men's Health, and CN Traveler. Leo uses his platform to share his journey going from immigrant to influencer, finance to fashion, all while doing it in style and representing the Asian community. Listen on to find out how Leo is able to make an impact as an Asian influencer. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to be here with Leo. Hey Leo, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Before we get to all of your incredible tips, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, of course. So I'm Leo Chan of Levitate Style. That is my Instagram blog name. I'm a men's fashion and travel blogger based here in New York City. I'm an immigrant and I've gone from finance to fashion and travel around the world. And now I get to work from home. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is a really interesting time, right? Because as of right now, we're all in quarantine here in New York City. And before Leo and I did this interview, we were talking about how crazy it is because New York City is on a lockdown and we've never seen it this quiet before. So it's a very interesting time to be in in New York City as a resident. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's just, you know, all the touristy places, especially like Times Square, is just empty. So it looks like it's straight out of a movie scene. It's kind of crazy. It's very apocalyptic. And it's <laughs> it's kind of cool and scary at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at least the best part is the only thing we really have to do is stay home and stay away from people. That's the most important part. At least it's not like that crazy in a in like a movie. So yeah. that's the good part. There's no looting mm-hmm. yet. Hopefully crossing fingers <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. But honestly... I feel like we're all trying to store and stock up as on as much food as we can, but I see that the stores are all getting restocked. So that's a good thing. Thank God we don't have to worry about that right now. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Your story is really interesting, Leo, because as you said, you went from finance to fashion and you are also an immigrant. So I know for myself, I'm also an immigrant from the Philippines and there's a huge expectation from us, right? Before I did this, I was a therapist. And before you did this, you were in finance. And that was kind of a big thing for our family, I'm sure for your parents that you were able to do that. But then to leave it, what was that transition like? Because I'm pretty sure, I mean, I guess I'm coming from my background in my experience, my parents were just like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> How was that for you? Well, let's go back a little bit. Yeah. So I'm actually born and raised in Hong Kong and I moved to New York City in Queens when I was 10. So a New Yorker here, I grew up here and I think growing up, yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of the expectation from our Asian parents, like that generation to have this like American dream, right? Like we all came all the way here for you to get good education, to get a good job. And like, honestly, like growing up, I didn't really love school, but I figure if I'm going to go to college and I was the first one to go to college in my family, I got to study something that I can make money out of. And I think that was, you know, a lot of people's goals. So even though I didn't love accounting, I picked accounting in business because that's probably you, you get out of that with the degree and you can get a job. And so out of that, I worked at Morgan Stanley and Barclays. So I was doing that for about five years. And that's when my girlfriend and I started this like side hustle with this fashion blog uh, called Levitate Style. At the time, you know, it was really just a side hustle. You know, we go to work nine to six, out of work, we'll go to events and network. On the weekend, we'll show all our content and then work out at the cafe. And when I showed this to my parents, they were like, okay, so you're a model now. <laughs> and I think for a while to them, that was the easiest way for me to explain it. Because to them, it's just like, okay, you 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 look cool enough in, in an outfit or <laughs> you, you look cool traveling. And I explained to them over and over, like, as an influencer, as a blogger, there's so much more involved. Like, you're the photographer, you're the creative director, you know, you're managing your own emails and negotiations and, you know, just learning how to start a blog, all these things. Like I told him, I wish I was just a model. Like I don't have to do all that work. So that was kind of like the beginning of it. And then to go into full time. So I usually tell people like, I feel like the number one question I get a lot is like, how do you make money? Right. And then the second question is, how did you quit? How did you know it was the right time? For us, it's a little different. About like a year into Levitate Style, we've already started working with some brands and we started working with GQ. And then basically we got like a once in a lifetime opportunity to, to travel the world for five months as a brand ambassador. And when I saw that, I was like, what? Like, this is like, this is possible. I, I didn't even think that's possible. And so we were able to do this project where we traveled the world for five months. We visited like 50 cities in 27 countries. And when that came, I was just like, uh, yeah, we're quitting our jobs because I, I don't know if this opportunity will ever come. And if I ever made enough money, I wouldn't spend it all on a trip like this. And so when I told my parents about this, they're like, well, <laughs> I can't hold you back from a trip like this. And I think over the years, they realized that like, you know, I'm the one that chose to do accounting. I'm the one that pushed myself to kind of climb that corporate ladder. And so they kind of understand and trust that I know what I'm doing. And then, you know, at the end of the day, with especially finance, I'll just like, if I come back from this trip, I can always find another job. And so they really trusted my decision throughout this journey. I love that. I love hearing how even, you know, 
our parents, our immigrant parents get this bad rap sometimes or it's like, oh, they don't support it. I mean, honestly, in the beginning, yes, they they kind of give you a little pushback. But at the end of the day, if they raised you right, they know that you're going to do what's best for yourself and you're not going to be starving on the streets. And like you said, having a finance background, you're always going to have a job at the end of all of this if you want to. Yeah, I, I think in the beginning, I always explained to them that I had more of a business mindset. Like, yes, it was a hobby and like a hustle and a passion project in, in all that sense. But also in the bigger picture was I was really hoping to turn this into a full-time job, into a business. Also, obviously, like Asian parents, they love to hear about the numbers. <laughs> so when I explained to them, oh, you know, this is a sponsored post and this is a uh, project here and this is X amount of money I'm making. They're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? So I explained to them, like, this is one of those perfect examples of like, you have to work smarter, not just harder. Yeah. There's just different opportunities out there. And now, you know, social media has given us this platform for Asians to excel in, you know, like growing up, we didn't think that this is for us at all. So I think like it re- it's really like eye opening not just for me, but now like for the Asian community in general. And I think like also kind of leading up to quitting my job, I got featured in GQ magazine. So that was like a huge thing because like one of the reasons I started the blog was to represent Asian community, especially like Asian guys, because you don't really see Asian guys in, you know, honestly, like a positive way. And if at all, you see Asian guys in fashion, in magazines, in TV, in movies, right? So I was featured in the GQ magazine. It was like a three-page spread, and I showed it to my parents, like a hard proof, you know? Because <laughs> Asian parents want to see, like, hard proof. They don't want to see, like, a photo on Instagram. They're like, what is that? <laughs> so I, I, I showed them this hard proof, and I think that was, like, another, like, clicking moment that they were like, oh, okay, this is, like, serious. Like, this is something. So I feel like with Asian parents this was like a way to show them the way and like how i gone through my journey yeah well that's that's really something that i think any parent do do think of you know if we're parents ourselves someday i don't know if leo are you a parent yourself or not yet no not yet <laughs> <laughs> i know so we don't have any children yet so i can't even imagine what it's like being a parent and watching your kids you feel like oh no they want through all of these education for it. And then all of a sudden it's just being dropped. So obviously you want what's best for your children. So it's so understandable that you'll get some sort of reaction, but the way you did it is super smart and you're definitely business minded in that sense because you had an exit strategy and you had a real strategy, a business strategy throughout this, throughout this whole thing. When you finally decided that this was something that you wanted to do, you left your job, you had this incredible opportunity. After you came back from your trip around the world, how did you actually strategize this to make it into a full-time business? Yeah, so before we went on the trip, I was already getting, honestly, maybe like two to three sponsors per month. So that was already like a good like side hustle type of money. And I figured, okay... If I go full time, I was wondering, can I really scale this up? Would I be able to get 10 sponsors a month? Just thinking about that kind of number. So when I first came back, it was a little bit slow because we kind of came in mid-season. And for people that know about advertising or like influencer marketing, there's seasons. I, I think like there's quarter one, quarter two, and that's how usually like marketing campaigns are executed. And so I kind of came in mid 
quarter. And so a lot of the campaigns were already picked up. So it's not like I can just come in and like get a sponsor post. So the first month or two, it was a little bit slow. And then once the brands and the PR companies I had networked with, they knew that I was back in the States, back in New York, my work started to pick up again. But that's to say really like I had a good network to work with before leaving my job. So when you talked about agencies, how do you usually find those types of agencies to work with? And how do you land your sponsorship deals? Yeah, so I'll say the first two years, even first two, three years, honestly, is just a hustle. And I tell this to everybody. When I first started, I Googled everything. I come from finance background. I had not I had no idea what fashion industry was like. You know, I, I know fashion from shopping and you know how, how to look good, but I didn't understand how the industry really worked. So I really just Google fashion PR agency near city. And then I found like a list of like, I don't know, the top 10, right? And I just looked on their website, I signed up for the mailing list, I emailed them, I DM'd them, you know, and it was good. Obviously, this was like five, six years ago. So it's important to have like a blog as like your portfolio as a place where you can show your work and not just your following on Instagram. And so the blog really gave me a credibility to show what I can do. And I would send these samples of work to these PR agencies. So that kind of like the first year was really just like networking. And if I got into one event, I would network with the people that's in charge of the event. And I met all the bloggers. So that first year was really like after work, going to all these events, networking and, you know, building up my network with all these brands. So that's kind of like how I really built my way to the PR agencies. And as you grow with your content and with your network, other brands will notice. First few years with brand collaborations, a lot of the same, honestly, like DMing brands, cold emails and, you know, I feel like this is one of those like business things that you hear. It sounds cliche, but it's so true. You could email a hundred companies and like two was two will respond. And those are the two that, you know, you can build a relationship and you can get pay work from, but you have to put in the work, put in the hours to reach out to brands. This is also like, you know, five years ago. So I think like strategy has, strategy has changed a lot. Five years ago, Uniqlo was doing kind of trade for trade content. So they'll send you free clothes, but they'll repost your photo on their on their channel. So maybe back then, Uniqlo only have 25,000 followers, but they're getting free content. And now their audience is cross-promotion and they follow me back. So early on, there were a lot of brands that I was able to do this with. And that's how I kind of grew in the beginning. Now, what about now? Have you changed up your strategy and how are you able to grow with the industry and keep continuing to land these sponsorships and brand deals? Yeah, thankfully, now I have built a credibility in what I do. I'm recognized as one of the top menswear bloggers. And so I don't have to reach out as much. Uh, a lot of the times it's, it's the brands or the PR company coming to me directly. I also have a talent agency that have a manager that helps me going through negotiations and execution. So that helps me have a middle person to help me negotiate my rate. It all depends on the brand, what they want for deliverables, how many sponsor posts, how many stories, if there's events involved, if there's exclusivity. 
So my manager helps me negotiate through all of that to get a proper rate. But yeah, now uh, a lot of brands just come out, come reach out to me now. I love talking about negotiation because this is the one word, you know, that a lot of creatives specifically are very much afraid of. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about for our extended interview there, Leo. And you're going to be giving us a lot of tips on that, I'm sure. Now, when you you mentioned about starting out, right, and what you had to do in order to really make it for somebody who wants to go into this type of industry, especially in the influencer type industry and in fashion, what is the things that they can do in order to stand out right now? Because everybody feels like there's too much competition out there. What do you think? will make you become more different from from everybody else. Yeah, for sure. So I always like to give people a proper expectation. So you have to understand a lot of these influencers have been doing this for the most part five years now. A lot of the full-time influencers that's killing it in the game, they've been doing this for five years. A lot of the girl bloggers started like 10 years ago. And so you have to understand that like there's really no overnight success in anything really. And so I think one of the recommendations I always give people is obviously you have to find out what you're passionate about. If it's fashion, then you have to figure out a way to be different, to to find a niche, because now there's so many bloggers out there. There's just so many competition in a way. So you can think about influencer. If you think about influencer as a job, then as a job market, like how many people are out there working, right? And you can even think about this as a company. You know, when Uber first started, there's only one Uber, but now there's so many competitions. So you have to think about the influencer job as a company in that sense. So how can you stand out from your competitors? I always tell people it doesn't have to be fashion. You know, it it, it should really be something you're passionate about. So if it's fitness, if it's playing the piano, if it's painting, there's opportunities to turn that passion into a job, into a profession. But it's just a matter of like figuring out how that's going to work out. So like don't force yourself into fashion if you're not into it because you're going to burn out. And I think that's a really important point. Um, Another thing, I mean, honestly, like I always tell people to have quality over quantity. And I think that's very important in this day and age where everyone is putting out really high quality content. And then once you can get used to a good rhythm of quality content, then it's just quantity of quality. So just a lot of quality content. Because you, your your one post might be great, but then when people come to look at your page and to follow you, they want to see that it's not just a one off, right? And that's how I that's how I am too. Like if I see someone have a great video or a great photo, if I go to the profile, it's like oh, everything else is just like food and selfie and <laughs> and like the quality is not the same. But you know, if you want someone to follow, you want to have just like quantity of quality. And last but not least, I highly recommend TikTok at the moment because there's just so much growth on TikTok and you can still be true to yourself because the app is going to start to mature soon. So it's not just going to be dancing. It's not just the funny stuff. There's already a lot of people growing as a fashion person, as a travel person, as a fitness person. So if you're doing something that's interesting, like painting and music, you can really grow on there. And that can also cross promote into your YouTube channel or your Instagram page. I love it. And TikTok is still fun right now. Remember when Instagram used to be fun? (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm having fun because it's actually rewarding the creator. Yeah. So now TikTok is just, you know, you go there and it's just having fun and you're creating, you know, when you're having fun, you create better content actually than when, you know, it's all about algorithm and all of that. So I feel like we're back to to that again when it, in terms of TikTok. So let's have fun with it before it gets to where Instagram yeah. is right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think TikTok in general is just, Almost like the anti-Instagram right now. Yeah. You can actually really stay on the app for hours. And the fact that your video can actually go viral, which is obviously a huge plus. You know, as a creator on as a creator on Instagram, your content sometimes are not even being seen. Mm-hmm. So that's like very discouraging. But on TikTok, your video is like nine right now, I think the statistic is like 95% is on the explore page. And for me, I wouldn't even say I'm going hard at it, but I've been going consistently posting at least like once a day. In like three, four months, I've gotten 30,000. Wow. And I'm not posting the funny stuff either. So like, you know, I I think people that post all the funny stuff can get a lot of followers, but I'm trying to stay true to my brands. Honestly, staying true to myself as well. Like I I can't dance. I can't sing. (laughs) So I, um, you know, I, I just want to be me and I'm going to keep posting fashion content and some of it has done really well. And so it's very interesting to see what you can do. And TikTok has matured a lot in six months. People are already getting sponsored. People got sponsored to go to fashion week, which is a huge deal. You can't say that about Instagram. Like Instagram was not like this within like six months of it going big. So a lot of the creators are already getting big and getting sponsored. So it's interesting where that's going to go. I just love the fact that I think you're right. We we kind of needed something outside of it because honestly, for me, when I first started Instagram, it was really fun and I would post like every day. And now with Instagram's algorithm, I barely post once a week now because I'm just so fed up. Yeah. So with TikTok, because we're in quarantine right now, I'm creating something super short, super fun and it's on TikTok. So I'm now I'm trying to like post every single day and I don't even care if anybody sees it, but it's just so much fun. You know, it's like, taking something because especially as a creative you want to you want to be happy when you're doing something and i think that's what makes a bit of a difference when it comes to tiktok and you're like you said we're more excited to do it and you get to be seen yeah and what's funny is like some of the top videos have done well for me on tiktok i was like well if it does well on tiktok it's got to do well on instagram so i reposted my tiktok videos on instagram and guess what people on instagram love it yeah and so i think in general our generation, our audience in general are getting really tired of the same old stuff on Instagram, you know, because at the end of the day, I really like what Gary V has said. He's just saying like, you know, we're all doing like the money shot. Like we know this works. Mm-hmm. We know this is the best thing. You know, th- you know, this will get the likes, but we're all getting so used to the same content over and over. So it's nice. It's a nice break to get something more refreshing, a little bit funnier just like break the mood, especially during times like this. So I like where TikTok's going for now. <laughs> yeah, I know for now. I know that's the key word for now. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's so true, Leo. I, I love that. Well, you know, let's have fun as much as we can. <laughs> so let's talk about something that's I'm sure in your mind and in a lot of our industry is in our mind is What's happening right now in the world? Because obviously, not only are we being affected by this in terms of 
are, you know, the epidemic when it comes to health crisis. Um, but it's also affecting our business as content creators in the travel industry, even in fashion, because with you, Leo, a lot of the things that you do, you're surrounded by people, you travel a lot, you're out doing photo shoots, even if it's just in New York City. What is your strategy now? I'm pretty sure because you're very good at business and this is taking a different turn when it comes to our future, right? What has been the main things that are in your mind and what type of strategies are you going to be using for the future or for even the next few months? Yeah, so I think the good thing about what I've been doing is even prior to this happening, the past month or even like this year in general, my goal was to diversify more. Obviously, Instagram is my main bread and butter. But the past year, I've been very consistent on YouTube with like one or two videos a week. So it's just kind of been building my YouTube channel, just have another resource out there. And then obviously what I'm saying with TikTok, I've been going consistent on that. And then the past few months, just starting to build out more of uh, my speaking skills. So I would love to do more speaking at conferences and doing panels and obviously more podcast interviews like this. So really just like diversifying my skill set so that, you know, if Instagram fails or if something happens with influencer marketing on Instagram, I can still do something else on different platform. And so that's already like one thing that I was already doing right before this. Honestly, this whole situation with the virus is going to have such a big impact that I don't think a lot of people, including us, we don't know what to expect. So hopefully we'll be able to stay put and stay consistent in building our own portfolio and our own work. And hopefully we'll see what is going to happen in like three months. I think it's interesting just like seeing what our society and like companies are lacking during this time. So, for example, a lot of companies that don't have an online presence, that don't have a website, or even restaurants that don't do takeout or delivery, things like that, it's really showing what we need in the future. Obviously, I think like more and more on the digital side. Yeah, so right now, for some of my partnerships in fashion-wise, it is delayed because of production. And of course, like a lot of brands are pay attention to how the audience is reacting to all this, you know, if this is a white, t- if this is a right time to advertise anything at all, you know, and so this is an interesting time just to see how the money and how the marketing budget is being shifted. But for the most part, for me, I'm just trying to diversify and like work on different things. So once hopefully things go back to normal, I can work on different projects. Yeah, diversifying is definitely the key word there because we need to be able to create income in so many different ways. And this is exactly the biggest reason why we need to do this, because you never know what's going to happen. And you know what, guys, if we can weather through this, we can weather through anything, because this is a really big situation that, like you said, Leo, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months within you know a year from now. So I'm optimistic. I think it's going to go back again, um, slowly, but surely, hopefully, faster (laughs) than we hope to do. But, you know, if you're in the travel industry, I know a lot of my friends are and it's really taking a hit. Even, you know, just a website traffic alone is 
pretty incredible. And I know a few of them are stranded in places and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. So when you were traveling around, Leo, did you have any type of international insurance when you were away? No, actually. I don't think I ever got any of that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's really interesting, especially now I think about this all the time, because a lot of us, since we're all really young, it's easy to just kind of think to ourselves, you know, we don't really need this because we don't get sick. Nothing really happens. And when coronavirus or any of this stuff hits, right? Obviously, nothing as severe as a coronavirus, but things pop up for any type of reason. And especially as a remote worker, it can be really hard to make sure that you have something as a backup in terms of health insurance. So I'm really glad that I partnered with Integra Global because they have the most comprehensive plans. There's no headache if you want to find out different types of requirements. That's why it is so great that they're out there helping people, especially in these times. It's so scary. They don't ask their members to build a plan because we don't know what we're going to need because who knew this was going to happen? It's pretty crazy. Their insurance covers it all and everything is built in. So if you guys want to know more, check out IntegraGlobal.com and see how they can give you coverage that you'll need and maybe some you never knew you would. Especially now, I'm so glad that Integra Global is out there and helping so many people, not just remote workers, but everyone that are stranded right now. I'm sure all of us are going to be thinking about travel insurance from that on after all of this stuff is behind us. So, Leah, let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Ooh, okay. Um, let's see. I I want to be remembered as a positive influence in the Asian community. And I want to be remembered as someone that chased after his passion and you know really hustled and went for it. And not just get stuck with a job I didn't like and, you know, just doing things just for the money. And I think especially with what I'm doing in even just in this in this like social media space to be able to represent Asian guys, to be able to represent Asian guys in a bigger way and contribute to diversity. I think that's what I would love to be remembered as. I also love what you're doing, Leo, because you're you know, you mentioned this before. Not many Asian men are being represented like the way you're representing yourself, right? Because honestly, there's a lot of beautiful Asian men out there and we're just not seeing enough of them. And I think we should. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's just, you know, when I was starting to blog, I was just thinking like, wow, there's really not that many Asian guys portrayed. But I know like growing up in New York City, there's so many Asian guys, so many Asians that we grew up with. And I was just like, why is that? And so... When you want to see a change, you really have to be the change. And I was just thinking like, man, if just my photo pop up on Pinterest, on Google search, when people are looking up men's fashion and they see an Asian guy, like that's already, I'm already, I've already done my job. And so to be able to go do these collaboration with brands that are obviously like huge, huge brands and to do these travel projects where, you know, I'm flying first class with a brand. I'm working with American Express and 
what if we had Asian guys or we, what if we had just Asian kids in general growing up didn't think that any of this was for them? And I think like when you see a representation in that way, it's, it, it's very powerful to think that they can attain those things and they can dream bigger. Yeah. And, you know, that's really true because we have to see similar faces to ours to be able to know that this is also possible for all of us. And I love the fact that you are a part of this movement. And I'm so glad that you're able to put yourself out there and really show the world that Asian men and women can be some like people that can be looked up to in the creative space and not just, you know, because we're good in math, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and I tell people a lot too is, sure, you see my Instagram posts and you see my content, but a lot of times in real life, that representation is so big because a lot of these exclusive events that we get to go as influencers, a lot of these rooms we walk through, these doors we get to go, I'm the only Asian person in the room. And what if that marketing person or what if this other person in the room, they only had a stereotype image of an Asian person before. I get to change that simply by being in the same room. And I think like that kind of diversity is so important to keep moving us forward. And I'm so glad in the recent years that it's popping up more and more and more voices are being heard. More people are in the creative space that we get to see this in the big screen. We're streaming so many more Asian movies and films. So many more like you, Leo, who are really making an impact in our community. Yeah, I I love to see the change. I mean, just the fact that we have what, like the Crazy Rich Asian. Yeah. We, we have other movies too that was all like happening in the same time. And now with like Parasite, it's just like incredible. Uh, what a time right now. And then obviously like we have uh, Shang-Chi. Like there's all these things happening and just like, that's really yeah. cool. I mean, and growing up as an Asian woman myself, most of the Asian movies that I would see are just all like Kung Fu and Karate. And that was like the only way that we can get casted is if you're like a villain or you knew karate or some sort of martial arts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is why I love Aquafina. Yeah. And I think Aquafina in some ways is from my experience, Aquafina is pretty, di- uh, pretty divided in the Asian community because it's like, you know, it's not like the traditional Asian beauty, right? And like she is a comedian. She's she's loud compared like to the typical Asian beauty standard. Yes. Like, but this is what we need in America. Cause think about all the movies that have like that token funny person. Now she's Asian. Like that's like honestly, that's one more Asian than before. <laughs> and like just look at where she came from. Like five years ago, she was just doing YouTube videos. And now, like, she's on these big screens, sharing the stage, sharing the room with these huge big-name actresses, right? So it's just, like, incredible to see how far she's gone. And she's and then now she's shown that she's not just funny. She can do serious movies with, uh, what was the what was the sad one recently? I forgot the name. Yeah, I was actually watching that on a plane a few, a few weeks ago. I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, I forgot. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I, I think, like, even like movies like that, it really allows Hollywood to tell authentic story. And like, there's no crazy action. There's no nothing like fake. Like it's, it was so real and it touched the hearts of so many. And, and then, and we need more movies like that. 
Yeah. And she definitely takes out that stereotype of uh, Asian women being meek and quiet, like you you mentioned, which is awesome because a lot of us are not like that at all, <laughs> especially in the U.S. Yeah, she, she's just being true to herself. You know, she's being real. She's being true to herself. That's her real talent, being funny. And she's being celebrated for that. And I, let's, I just love that she didn't give up on her passion. Now, Leo, what are you working on currently that is really exciting to you? So as like a side thing, we've been kind of starting like a merch collection. And that's my first time kind of going into designing clothes, even if it's just like hoodies and T-shirt at the moment, because I'm thinking big picture. So I would love to have like a full on fashion collection one day. But I'm just taking the baby step to understand how like e-commerce works, how my audience will react to if I design this t-shirt or this hoodie. So I'm taking those baby steps right now. So that's one thing. And then second, just working on more opportunities like this. I think with this crazy time right now, doing more podcast interviews, just getting to tell my story out there more. And like you said, like, you know, you just don't hear about Asian guys doing this. And I've been doing this for like five and a half years now. And so I've been doing this for so long in a way. And I would love to tell my story more to inspire others. Yeah. And I love spreading messages like yours and stories like yours, Leo, because it definitely needs to be heard. Now, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, everywhere at Levitate Style. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Leo, for being here with us. I really loved hearing your story and sharing it with our audience. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Leo. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how to negotiate effectively as a content creator and entrepreneur. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.